Bonjour, and welcome to Let Them Eat Takes, a sports podcast for the outrage era. Except not this week. No, sir. Today's episode is just an hour-long love fest for your 2021 National Championship Georgia Bulldogs. Normally, we try to cover a lot of different sports on the show and cover teams that we don't root for. You know, we're trying to keep this real. We want to keep, we'll eventually maybe grow this audience so it's not just, you know, friends and people in the same fan bases as us. But uh, yeah, today we're just going to be talking about the dogs. We've been waiting a long time for this one. It's special. Uh, you will notice that all three of us are kind of hoarse because we spent a lot, not because we went to the game, because we stayed at home or went to our friends' houses and just screamed our hearts out because, you know, this is pretty surreal. So uh, if you don't like the dogs, you might not love this episode, but uh, if you do, just just hang out with us. This is going to be great. This is Let Them Eat Takes. you meet the Georgia Bulldogs, you're gonna get the Bulldog bite. I just want to dedicate this episode to Zach. Thank you for all you do. Yeah, this is for Zach, straight up. Yeah, you apologize, love this one. I apologize for my voice today. I still haven't lost it from all the screaming Monday night. Or excuse me, I did lose it. I still haven't gotten it back. Same. Um, Zach, you can skip 40 minutes in to when we do a, a tribute to all that Bobby Dodd did to f- college football back in the 1920s. I'm just Zach, kidding. That's not- you can skip right to the very end of the episode. Go straight to the credits, my man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we probably won't be talking. Tell Yellow Jackets, because uh, in case you didn't hear the news, it's all dogs, baby. It's all dogs anywhere. It's all, it's dogs have, they are here, there. Now and then, everywhere, they have ascended to a new plane of existence, like that kid at Akira. <laughs> oh, man. Tatsuwa! <laughs> we, are, we are all... George, uh, Harry Dog has encapsulated us all in his jowls of love and generosity. Kids can sleep well knowing at night that the bad man, Nick Saban... And his warlords from the plains of Alabama have finally been put in their place, at least to, at least for now. Yeah, enjoy it because they they gonna whoop some ass next year. Oh, <laughs> like, for they're sure, they can be real good. <laughs> yeah, imagine. So, if you think Bryce Young had a chip on his shoulder when he won the Heisman, think what kind of chip he's gonna have on his shoulder now that he's actually lost a game that meant something. Uh, Guys, he graduated seventh grade with no Power Five offers, and that fuels him. Terrible. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even I didn't even play football in seventh grade, but I got an offer to play at NC State. <laughs> play what? Marbles? <laughs> it doesn't matter if they don't know what sport, John. Shush. Okay. Also, it doesn't matter if it's not a sport. It also doesn't matter if it wasn't an offer to actually attend school there. Uh. <laughs> well, 
uh, let me start start us off by asking a question. Um, did this go game go as you thought it would go? No. I should be the first person to say uh, no. I, I would say mostly yes, except I thought Alabama would get a real touchdown instead of a fake free touchdown from the refs. That was very fake, very free. It was like a a stimulus check touchdown. I mean, yeah. All I know is I'm I'm watching the replay right now. I'm watching them overturn the Bryce Young fumble and completion deal here, right? Like, right. which one is not intentional grounding somehow? Anyway, look. Either these are both defensive force fumbles that are touchdowns, or they're not. Like, but whatever. Anyway, it doesn't matter, because guess what? We don't have to complain about it for years and it's decades true, and yeah. be haunted by the memories of this. We can just go on and forget about it. It's true, we don't. Look, I even forgot about Tyler Simmons being on sides when he blocked that punt. Like, I don't even care about that anymore. Mm. Like, we recovered this fumble on purpose, y'all. Alabama recovered a fumble on accident. They got an they accidentally scored a touchdown. What's interesting is a lot of people are quick to remind you, like even though we won, was it thirty three eighteen? They're like, oh, it wasn't that close. I'm like, well, if you take the refs out of it, well, and that's the thing from them and add seven to ours. Yeah, it wasn't that close. (laughs) It really wasn't that close. Now that's how these games go, right? No lead ever feels safe, so I understand that. Well, but like the last game we played in the SEC championship game, right? Everybody's like, oh, Alabama blew out Georgia. No. Oh, that pick six because we were down counts somehow, but the one in the national title game doesn't because exactly. that was a 17 point game. But you got to pick six because you're down and you're throwing the ball. And because we were down, we were in easy field goal range and we had to pass up some field goal opportunities for touchdowns, right? So. It was a lot closer than the actual score indicated. And and this game was closer throughout most of the game than the score indicated. Yeah. That's how it goes in these kind of games. You're you know, you're playing to win. Like Georgia could have kicked a couple field goals in the SEC championship game and played it closer and pretty easily lost by three and said, Oh, look how competitive it was. And Bama could have tried to be, you know, Safer driving the ball down the field at the end of the game, Ooh. but why would you do that, right? You're trying to win. That's true. Oh man, this lady booing after they overturned that call. Oh, oh my gosh, that fan. <laughs> did you see this lady? No. Oh no, man, Torture. I did not see her on the the live broadcast. She was a piece about, of work. It's about the uh, was it the fumble return? That was yeah, yeah. Yeah, they just finished overturning it. And then it went to this one lady who was just, you know, I mean, she was doing like boo from Princess Bride level boos. It was, <laughs> it was good stuff. Boo, 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 UAC. Freaking Danny Cannell tweeted during the game, man, this is a great officiating job. Way to go, ACC. He's trolling. He's I, trolling. Yeah, I could tell, like, are you being serious or are you actually, I know he thinks the ACC is better than the SEC. You know, not because of the teams are better, because they're, you know, intellectually and morally superior. Uh, Enjoyed watching him and Josh Pate just hang out on the sideline after the game. (laughs) I'm so glad you brought him up. 
<laughs> I don't think Josh Pate's a fan of Georgia, but I know he's from Georgia. I know he got really excited to he's see. From he's from Alabama. Is he from Alabama? I think he's from Columbus, Georgia. I think right. from that area. So he's basically very much right on the border. An he's area where Georgia you have Alabama. a lot of Georgia, Alabama, and Auburn fans. Yeah, so he knows what this game means. Uh, it's kind of weird how Alabama has morphed into not a really a rival of Georgia, but has there been a team in the last decade that's inflicted more pain on the Georgia fan base than Alabama? Other than Georgia itself. Other than Georgia. (laughs) Public enemy number one for the dogs is the dogs. I don't know. That's private enemy number one. (laughs) I don't know if y'all saw the intro piece with Ludacris and the nemesis piece they did. That was pretty good. So that's what Alabama is, our nemesis. But not no more. One of the um I'm gonna give I'm gonna get take a few take a minute to uh shout out to my old man. My mom is not the only person who listens to this podcast. My dad also listens too. I apologize and, uh, for any uh, uh, dirty joke or un, un, unseeming, untoward comment. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Dad. Anyway, he made. I, if I remember right, sorry, if I remember right, your dad always wants us to talk more politics. So um, we should probably <laughs> shift to the Omicron wave and what policies should be implemented. Yes, and pivot Here's away how- from this silly football game. This is how Omicron variant is affecting voter registration, especially in red states. Uh, no. <laughs> I, for yeah. one, was wondering Indianapolis, Indiana, Indiana's voter laws, the fact that they would hold such a prestigious event. All right, all right, all right. Mm-hmm. listen. My, my dad was listening to the last episode, and he called me and let me know how thought he thought the game was going to go, and he said he thought that Georgia's he thought a lot. My dad played football in the nineteen high school football in the 1970s under a guy named Bill Donaldson. So he's all about, you know, defense, smash mouth football, all that stuff. He thought mm-hmm. it was going to be decided by the line of scrimmage. He particularly was interested in how Alabama's offensive line was going to hold up against Georgia's defensive line in the rematch. And if I go back and that wasn't the only factor affected the game, but if I go back and watch it, if there's one area of the game that I think Georgia really manhandled Alabama constantly. It was probably on the line of scrimmage for most of it, at least in the second half. Definitely. I mean, Bryce Young was making some bad throws because he was feeling pressure. He also made some great throws that didn't get caught. Yeah, that's yeah, true. That's fair. That's very so true. you want to know one kind of wild thing from the game? So Bryce Young was under pressure on 44% of his pass attempts. Youch. Now, here's another thing. In the SEC Championship game, care to guess how often he was under pressure? I think it was about 30%. Probably more. We just never sacked him. Yeah, it was 39%, so almost 40%. The amount of pressure, amount of, you know, times he was under pressure, actually very, very similar. Um, But the difference was he only got touched six times (laughs) in the first game, right? So he was under pressure... Some 25 times, got touched six times. In this game, they passed even more. He's under pressure some, like, I don't know, 35 times or whatever. Sacked quite a few times. Actually hit, you know, and and made to feel it a number of other times. So, Well, wasn't that the best part of the opening game was watching Jordan Davis get to Bryce Young? Oh, yeah. On the the non-fumble. 
exactly. So he actually got hit, and he he felt the pressure more than the other time. The first game, it was like the pressure, even when it was there, didn't matter, it didn't exist. And this time, when you get some hits on him, you got a few times where he rushed it a little bit, and you know the pressure actually impacted him, along with some actual sacks, right? So, yeah. four sacks. Yeah, and and that was the kind of stuff that was talked about, right? When a lot of people talked about, hey, how or why could this next game be different? And I was like, hey, guys, there was some pressure on Bryce Young the first game, and he played phenomenal. But it's not a guarantee that he's going to play that phenomenal and evade all of that pressure every single time. It's the only game in the year he didn't get sacked. So, like, that's Mm -hmm. not a normal result, (laughs) even for him, right? Right. Um, And then... Yeah, he took some shots on Monday night, man. They, oh, yeah. uh, there was a lot of times I thought we'd get a rough in the passer penalty just for hitting him too hard. Uh. <laughs> and the yeah. game ending on a sack where Bryson was just laying there looking like he didn't want to get up. Oh, that was perfect. I want an NFT of that. That's the first and only you'll purchase. Yes. You, you don't want for $1. You don't, you don't want the better. You don't want the NFT of Kirby Smart picking up Bryce Young and pat him on the back and say, "You'll get us next time, Tiger." Nope, you know I don't want, want that one at all. <laughs> Is that what he said? No, but he did no. pick him up after that pick six. I did see that. I tell you, one of the I can't find this take. I, I thought it was Doctor SCC who gave it. I don't think it was him. Maybe it was. I don't know. Someone. I remember one of the tweets after the game I read. One, probably one of my favorite takeaways of the game was this game, result of this game was a complete surprise to anyone who watched Georgia play Alabama in the SEC championship and only that one time. Yep. That's true. Yeah, exactly. I mean, before the game, there was a lot of discussion of how in the world is Georgia favored? Like, what's going on here? We just saw this game. And there was a lot of People that just were amazed. And there's also a lot of people that had to remind them that Vegas is in the business of making money and that when you're predicting things, if you have 13 or 14 data points, you should probably use all 13 or 14 of those and not just that one, right? Right. And if you looked at it, yeah, Georgia was the better team than Alabama this year, start to finish, right? Mm. Georgia had you know, the Alabama game or an SC championship game where you really actually legitimately struggled, right? Alabama had A&M, Auburn, LSU, Florida, Arkansas, and maybe a couple other games where they like, didn't play that well and struggled. Like, that's not the same. You had a team that had one off game and a team that had six off games. So... At the end of the day, it's the right champion. Alabama can deal with it. Oh, so we're not. So I'm glad you brought this up because we're not going to blame the injuries like some Bama fans. On some the, Bama fans. I have a couple of Bama friends who were, um, what's the word? Very, uh, congr- they congratulate, congratulatory, oh, yeah, yeah. and they were great yeah, about it. it. They're like, yeah, y'all should have won. It's all the dumb. people in real and, life. And I get it. Annoyings. Our injuries are annoying, and mm-hmm. 
it's painful when you think, oh, we could have had this win except for a, a single injury. But we had tons of guys miss the whole season and tons of guys that weren't playing this game. It just wasn't talked about, right? Hey, remember in the third quarter, we started pounding the ball, or just running it right down their buttholes, right? Remember that? Oh, yeah. That was when we moved our left tackle back to his natural position of guard because our backup guard, who played the whole season after the starter got hurt on the first series against Clemson, was really having some struggles, right? So a lot of our struggles in the first half came from playing that backup on the offensive line. It's about Warren Erickson. Yeah. <laughs> and once they moved Sawyer to guard and he just started mauling people, all right, it was a totally different scenario. All of a sudden, the offense was alive. So there's yeah. an injury that cost us a whole half of offense, right? George Pickens missed the whole season with an ACL. He has played in the last three or four games. He has not played more than 20 snaps in any of those games. Most of those games was under 10 snaps. He's very clearly not 100%, is on a snap limit. They just get him out there for, you know, a few plays. Very limited route tree. He's not out there being George Pickens, right? Right. The first game against Bama, William Poole at the slot got cooked for like 160-something yards. Hey, he's not the starter. The starter got hurt and missed the whole season, right? We only got one guy that's faster than Jameson Williams. He missed the whole season. Talk about Tyke hunt- Smith. Tyke Smith on slot, and then Arian yeah. Smith is our hmm. one guy that's like oh, super yeah. duper explosive, right? Oh, he missed the whole season. You know, they're complaining about having freshmen. Like a Jai Hall is one of their freshman receivers had to play a lot and drop some passes. Hey, A.D. Mitchell's a freshman receiver, too. It's not our fault that our freshman receiver caught a touchdown and your freshman receiver dropped a touchdown. That's on y'all. Mm. You I, didn't realize, I didn't realize how tall A.D. Mitchell is. He's 6'4". Yeah. Uh, he's probably not really 6'4", I think. Oh, you think he's he, listed? He might really be like a 6'2", 6'3", kind of guy, but he's not short. Like, if he's 6'3", like, he's still, you know... He's kind of low-key tall. It's like you're saying. You don't quite realize how tall he is. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, yeah. There were tons of injuries for both teams by the time it gets to this point in the season. They're not the only ones that were missing, like, impact guys or early-round NFL draft picks. So, so Bama can shove it. Bama can I mean, we only played our whole season without our starting quarterback for two years in a row. And nobody's given us like an extra national title for last year just because our quarterback missed the whole season. Oh, man. I, I was hoping, man, I just love the fact that we got it done with the mailman. I feel oh, that's guilty. beautiful. Yes, I love how much, how much Florida fans have to hate this in their soul. Like you're telling me a walk on quarterback and a team playing defense won a title in 2021 or 22. I hate that the playoff happens in the next year and then they style it that way because then it's uh, anyway. So confusing. Yeah. But it just has to like, you know, Florida fans just have to hate it so much. And it brings me so much happiness. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I love that tweet from uh, the dog sports blog, Twitter. They were like, collect. We would like to collectively invite college football internet to kiss our asses one thousand nine hundred and eighty times. 
But if you're a Florida fan, you can kiss it 2008 times. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Gosh, what a, yeah, such a cool story. I didn't realize in, yes, until yesterday, Scott, when you pointed out who the last two SEC East quarterbacks to beat Bama were. It's Stetson Bennett and Steve Garcia from South mm-hmm. Carolina. That's a fun night at the bar. <laughs> Based on uh, Stetson's Good Morning America appearance, I would hey. say he could be a great drinking buddy. <laughs> Man, that that GMA interview was something else. <laughs> <laughs> Glassy-eyed Stetson. He was still drunk for sure. Can't even finish a sentence. He was just so like, yeah, he was just, uh, yeah, no, no, I did no, I didn't sleep. No, <laughs> not, not, not much sleep, Mike. You <laughs> uh, started calling him Mike, and that's when you're like, okay. Uh, man, Stetson, bad man. Oh, he is a, a legend for sure. Man, he had some, whoo, some struggles in the first half, boy. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's, oh my gosh. He was a definition of a little bit in his head. Like, oh boy, somebody forgot, or somebody's focusing too much on the fact how big this game is. He's, oh, he, he did. That one scramble where no one touched him and he still fumbled. It's like, oh boy. <laughs> oh the, boy. The first drive of the game, he had like a, a completely unforced fumble, a delay of game, and took a sack. You know, like on the first three plays. That's what you brought out for the first three plays? It was wild. Oh, baby. Uh, I just watched this third down where uh, they tried to throw it out to a little white boy in the flats, and Lewisine just came downhill and just absolutely was not having any of that trash. Lewisine reminds me of Greg Blue. You remember Greg Blue? Yes. Lewisine is very, very Greg Bluey in that he just is a a missile. Yeah. Whew. You think there's I like mean, a warhead attached to his to his helmet when he arrives? It just is explosive. Yeah, there was a couple of collisions between him and Robinson, the Bama running back, who is also a dude that's very stout and runs hard and runs angry. Yeah, he's big. and that was just some some big boy football. It that was, was some big boy football. This, I mean, this game probably well. You had both teams have a lot of NFL guys that missed the game, but just as far as rosters go. This is probably the game with uh, more NFL guys on on rosters than in the history of college football. Well, it, it even played like of all the college football games I've watched this year, this one looked the most like an NFL game in terms of like defense is mm-hmm. not giving up easy plays. You're set. They're kicking a lot of field goals. Yeah, everything was earned. It's going to be weird and ugly at times. It felt like an old school SEC game. Yeah, so like back when uh, we were in college. So when we played them back in 2017, that 2017 mm-hmm. team holds the record for most NFL draft picks on a roster. That 2017 team passed the early 2000s Miami's for like the most NFL guys on a roster. The Bama team. Nice yeah, team. the Bama team. Yeah. Uh, our team had a lot of NFL guys, but we still had like 15 less NFL guys than they did at that point. That's quite a lot. Yes, quite a lot. It was mostly uh, Mark Rick players. It, it's definitely a time where Kirby way out coached Saban. He just didn't have the players. 
Um, otherwise, it shouldn't have been close based on the rosters. Wait, wait, so hold the, on a second. That's the that's only conclusion. That's the only conclusion. I don't disagree with you, Scott. <laughs> I really don't. Kirby can't. Kirby can't coach players up. That's ridiculous. Yeah, Kirby can't coach. What are we talking about? No, he, he can't coach. Um, but this year is the year where, if you just look at total NFL guys on the rosters, both teams just have a massive amount of NFL dudes, like all-time amount of NFL dudes. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty similar. The difference is that a lot more Georgia had a lot more of those guys as juniors and seniors, and Alabama has, you know, a higher concentration in their freshman and sophomore group, which is why they're going to be, whew, they're going to be tough next year. But yeah. uh, up until that time, guess what? They can suck it because Jordan Davis got that trophy, not them. That's true. Not them. Not them. I think there's a, a good news, bad news outlook for both teams in this game. I think if uh, you're Georgia, the good news is you are champs. No one's going to take that away from you. You can tell them to suck it. Woof, woof, woof. I like it. that. Go dogs. Suck also, <laughs> there's some more good news on that, but I'm gonna I'm going to I'm gonna tease that out. The bad news is for Georgia is you'll probably have to play this team again next year, and they will be better, and you will be missing a lot of key players. So it's, wanna, it'll still be wanna, a good game. Still be a good sh- game. You want to we'll, shift gears to next year? No, no, no. Oh, here's well, I got. Let me let me finish. So there's good news and bad news if you're Bama. The okay. the good news if you're Bama is that you get to you do get to come back and you're still the kings of college football and this game doesn't change that. The bad news is, and I want to harp on this because I saw a lot of Bama fans saying this on Twitter and I don't think they understand what they're saying. The bad news is Georgia's not going anywhere anytime soon and getting this win probably solidifies them as a recruiting giant over the and next five years. They already were pretty giantish. Well, the, this is the thing: people who cover recruiting have said the one pitch that gets used against Georgia a lot is they haven't won the big one yet. So yeah. they don't have that. Well, yeah. They don't have the card anymore. So. Yep. Basically both teams are still going to be part of the Southeastern stranglehold on the sport. So that's the yeah. long and, and short. You know, the way that the Georgia team and program is built is obviously very similar to the way that Alabama is built. Right. And that is built on recruiting first and foremost, and it's built in a way to last, right? So, yeah, the the only way things could have really gone sideways for the program under Kirby was to come up short on the national stage like a couple times and then have people eventually, you know, get tired of that and panic and make a change. Or even worse or just as bad have it be where you lose like a couple national titles to Bama or something. And then the recruiting pitch of, Hey, they can't win the big one actually like really starts being effective and your recruiting starts to go away and you start to have a talent gap between you and the top teams. Right. Mm-hmm. But actually winning one kind of ensures that's not really going to happen. Right. Yeah. So the good news is hopefully only like five more years of Saban and like, you know, 20 more years of Kirby recruiting like a madman until his heart stops one day in his 60s. I mean, 
Uh, he grinds yeah. hard. Uh, this is an Urban Meyer podcast. Yeah. <laughs> and Urban Meyer has entered the chat. So much in grinding. Buddy, Urban Meyer entered something other than just the chat. I hate to break it to you. Uh, oh, oh, boy. Oh, man. Oh, I apologize to uh, Justin's father for that. <laughs> and Justin's mother. We're and sorry. Justin's mother. Um, they won't Justin, get feel, the joke. feel free to duck that out. They won't get. They won't get the joke. It's okay. <laughs> All right, let um, me break it down for you. <laughs> it's like Coach Thirty here. Uh, <laughs> it is like Coach Thirty, except <laughs> we actually are talking about <laughs> sexual positions. Must have uh, had Mama nose guard. <laughs> oh my gosh! You know that. Highlight that was the James Cook long run. Man, I forgot how much space the offensive line opened up on that play. Good night. Yeah, yeah. they kicked Bama's line's ass. Like it was not. Yeah. Yeah, it was done. Okay. So, you know how people have been questioning uh, Kirby Smart's quarterback decision like all year, and they still are. Yesterday, I was in a group chat and people were still (laughs) questioning whether or not Georgia played the right quarterback this year. Who cares? I feel like it's a moot point. <laughs> it's like let's let's forget about it. You don't have to talk about it anymore. Anyway, if there's one position, if there's one thing I one question I still have about their uh, personnel choices, it's mm. probably more the offensive line based on what I saw in the second half of that game. Because we watched Warren Erickson struggle all season long. We all knew Jamari Sawyer was a great tackle, but probably an even better guard. And you had Broderick Jones waiting in the wings. And you finally mm-hmm. got to see Jamari Sarah kicking the inside. And we're just sticking Broderick Jones. Is he game ready? I don't know. He seems built to play the position, though. And what did they do? Yeah, Jones played well, was clearly game ready. And Jamari Sawyer was just tossing dudes. He might, Sawyer might be the offensive MVP of the playoffs for me. Uh, there's a good argument for it, yeah. Because he crushed Aiden Hutchinson <laughs> against Michigan. He played well, well against... He's going to the draft, right? Oh, for oh, sure. For, yeah, yeah. yeah. A lot of those guys Erickson? Because he's a junior. Erickson? Like he, he kind of struggled this year, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't want to root against the guy. You know, I want him to do well. No, I don't want him to do well, but I, like... when you have like a senior? I can't remember, but... He's junior. Now yeah. I don't know how many years of eligibility... Yeah, like I mean, way. I'm sure he has at least one year of eligibility because all the COVID weirdness. The COVID. And, yeah, he's got yeah. at least one. So uh, I would Bennett guess he'd another. be back, but yeah. yeah. Stetson Bennett has another year of eligibility. He could come back as a six year senior. And I mean, it, it sounds like he, he may or may not. It's like it honestly, based on hearing him and Kirby talk about it, it sounds like he's going to transfer somewhere smaller so he can start next year. H- who? Stetson. Stetson. Yeah. Oh. Well, when you say I, smaller, do you mean still D1? Yeah, yeah. Like not like a Juco like he did. No, 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 no. It would yeah, it would just be somewhere that's not trying to win a national title. Like a Bowling Green or like an Akron. Maybe not yeah. that bad. Like Maybe an like... SC State. <laughs> <laughs> Something small like an ACC team. <laughs> yeah, it would just suck. I mean, I don't want to push him out the door. You know, I do like some of the younger quarterback. Like, I love I'm tantalized by the thought of 
Brock Vandegrift or Gunnar Stockton taking snaps for Georgia eventually. But part right. of me thinks, man, so you realize you realize it might be JT Daniels next year, right? Well, I think I think there's still a strong chance for that too because a lot of people assume he's going to transfer. But when I thought about it, my question in my head was where? Where is a good place for JT Daniels to transfer to? Yeah, didn't he, didn't he already burn his one free transfer? What do you have that, to yeah. do? Yeah. You'd have to lawyer up and claim hardship or something. Yeah, and that's the thing. The, the best place for him is Georgia. And so it, one of the things that will have to happen is at some point soon, you know, Stetson and JT both have one year left. They both want to start. And the way quarterback is right now, people aren't super inclined to just play it out and wait for the season and hope to start. They're going to go somewhere where they know they'll start or where it's almost guaranteed they'll start. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the odds of both of those guys being on the roster next year is just incredibly slim. But if one of them stays, is it because they wanted to stay or is it because that's who the coaches wanted to stay or is somebody going to leave because they just wanted to leave? But Mm -hmm. yeah, they... Yeah, they asked Stetson about it in like some press conference stuff. And he just said, well, that's something that Kirby and I have talked about. And, you know, we don't want to air all that laundry here. But, you know, we'll talk about it some more and come up with a decision. You know, it'll have a lot to do with the coaches or, I don't know, some. Yeah, yeah. Stuff like that. I know, I know Kirby said, someone asked Kirby about it. And of course, this was more party Kirby. This was not serious press conference. Kirby Kirby said, oh, I'd love if Stetson would come back. This is, you know, he's a great kid. I love him. You know, we all love Stetson Bennett. No, I don't you know? dislike him at all. No, yeah, I but feel there's, bad. there's a very real chance that Stetson Bennett's going to be the quarterback that wins the national championship and then transfers out because someone's taking his job. Well, if that happens, I hope Athens throws the biggest effing party for him that we've ever seen. And I'm talking close to that debauchery that happened downtown yeah. after, after uh, the clock at zero. People, people better be so buying debauched. like we were throwing old, orange cones. Wow. I'm saying for that, for this party, people better be buying like old mail trucks and like, you know, just rebuilding them and like pimping them out and just, Burning donuts around the party the whole time and like old, you know, <laughs> just like hanging trucks. out in Blackshear. That's what the, that's a Friday night in Blackshear. That's like, right, I, baby. I want it. I want it to feel like juvenile meets the USPS. <laughs> <laughs> I want. We should get Wayne Knight to come in dressed as a U.S. Postal Service and put a crown on Stetson's head. Yeah, he's a Georgia guy, right? Yeah, he, he sure is. <laughs> yeah, that's see, that's the kind of party I'm talking about. Do it big for Stetson. For those of you who don't know, Wayne Knight played Newman the mailman in Seinfeld. Yeah, I, I want them to just get the biggest, most glorious party for Stetson, <laughs> and then he can enjoy starting at Georgia State next year. Hey, that'd be a good place to go. That's a nice G5 program in state. Wait, which school? Uh, Sorry, I tuned out. Which school? Georgia, Georgia State. State. I, I that just was, would be a good one. Yeah. Um, he could be the playing for the best team in the ATL area in D1 college football. Yeah, that was a very slow, that was a very poorly constructed burn against Tech, and I apologize. 
It was slow in its unfolding. Yeah. Oh my goodness. If Stetson went to tech and intentionally sabotaged them. <laughs> he's like a sleeper agent. He yeah. can deliver. You activate him with the right sentence and he throws the game immediately. Yeah, actually, thank you. The mailman delivers to Georgia even when he's not on the team. Uh so anyway, it'll be another year and off season of quarterback nonsense. Doesn't even matter that we won the title. Hey, we have a whole live to question Kirby's quarterback decisions. Today doesn't have to be one of those days. We're you know that I do expect uh, as soon as that those rumors start swirling up and spraying about quarterback, I really want to make a uh, the office meme where it's uh, I forget which two is it. It's Dw- not Dwight, Jim, and uh, somebody else are like it's been zero days since our last nonsense or something. <laughs> and it's like UGA or something. It's been zero days since our last quarterback nonsense. I mean, it has been zero days. Like that's half of the discussion with people has been, "Wow, we won the title," and the other half has been, "Hey, what about quarterback?" Well, I mean, Wild. to be to be fair, even though I'm totally fine with Stetson being our starter, someone like Stetson as your starter means when you play really good teams, your defense has got to be awesome. They can't have an off day. Bryce Young can cover for some defensive issues. Yeah, and next year, a lot of our defense will be in the NFL, making big money. We will not have a defense this good every single year. So in the the coming years, you will be in more need of a quarterback that can really sling it around. I'll I'll give credit to Kirby and Monken, you know, for sticking with Stetson, because that wasn't the obvious choice early in the season when you knew that JT was going to miss time. You know, everyone thought it was going to be Carson Beck. But uh, Stetson's, I think he's a, he's not, you know, he's not a world beater, but he's a lot better than I think his critics give him credit for. You know, he messed, he does some wonky things every game, but he also, you know, he he, he has Kirby calls it he did he gives timely plays. You know, when it counted, he he gave a threw a dime to Adonai Mitchell. Uh, yeah, he made plays when he had to. Yeah, I mean, credit credit where it's due. When all of the fans were complete nervous wrecks and melting down at home, and you know, probably couldn't like go to the bathroom without like actually peeing on their own leg because they're so (laughs) nervous about the game. Stetson actually seemed pretty chill, and he came back and made a whole bunch of plays after that insane fumble thing, and after. Uh, two or three quarters where he largely did not play good error-free football. He yeah. came back and made good decisions, right? And yeah. actual good passes, you know, but yeah, so he might actually be a, and all that. Yeah, he might actually be a high-functioning psychopath incapable of shame because <laughs> he seems to not care what anybody thinks because here's another possibility I've thought about Stetson is he might, because no, he's never cared what people say he can or cannot do. He might decide to declare for the draft anyway and say, you know, if you just, if you don't pick me, well, that's your, that's your mistake. Here's the thing about that though. Even if he winds up like third string, he's still going to make decent money. Get, get, get oh, a yeah. nice kickstart to his automobile sales career. He, or his- he did already say that, he doesn't expect to play football, you know, for 
too much longer in life and that he wants to go to law school. Which, by the way, if your name is Stetson Bennett the Fourth, I believe you are legally entitled to a law degree uh, upon birth. That's that is twenty true. years. Can you imagine just being represented by Georgia's national championship quarterback Stetson Bennett the Fourth? Oh, he's I mean, he's going to be like defending DUI like cases only, just so that he can work in like drive. <laughs> Let me tell you about a drive. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. You can drink and be on Good Morning America, and you can drink and uh, celebrate with your teammates, but you can't drink and drive. It's like, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, I understand something about performing under pressure. <laughs> and I understand that, that good people that accomplish great things can also have a few bad moments. We've all been there. I remember losing that fumble in the national title game. And my client, <laughs> my client made a mistake. My client's still a good person. <laughs> Consider it a life fumble. <laughs> call- Not a felony. We're calling felonies life fumbles now. <laughs> it's life fumble. It's just, it's just a life fumble. You can listen, still recover the ball. <laughs> listen, totally, complete honesty. I had a life fumble Monday night after we won. I should have switched to water, but I was not thinking. And, oh, man, I, I had to... Um, Everything that I had consumed that evening made another appearance that night. Uh, an encore. The sequel. The, sequel, the encore. And um, it was not fun at all. <laughs> Just like Stetson Bennett, who after JT Daniels took over in 2020, we thought we'd never see him again. But boy, when I saw him, when I boy saw him did drunk, he show up. When I saw him drunk <laughs> on Good Morning America, I was actually jealous of him. I was like, well, at least you didn't yarts last night. <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> Man, yeah. I heard uh Stetson Bennett um I had a I had a friend who went to the game mm-hmm. and he says mostly dog fans. But I also oh, heard yeah. that the person I talked to also said it was basically a home game. Yeah. I also heard that uh Stetson hung around the longest out of anybody and was still seen walking around the stadium an hour after the game ended hat on backwards stogie in his mouth and drinking something out of a red solo cup <laughs> attaboy live it up he Lit- you know he had to put up with a whole lot of crap he earned good. all of that celebration so good for I him heard, i heard his parents could like hear people you know booing him and call for state for jt daniels and a couple times like hey you know where you know his mom and dad are right here like that's that's that stuff sucks. <laughs> the I'm thing sure is, they, they probably just booed louder. I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure his parents have been in that situation before. <laughs> it wasn't the first time. Yeah, I mean, he played high school football in Pierce County. You know, it's down down in the nine one two high school football is just it just it means it's kind of like kind of the sec of i mean it's literally south and east in georgia but like it's kind of like the sec of high school football it just means more next time well, i, I think... drive to see family in brunswick i think i might actually go through blackshear instead of just around it to oh, see if there any, any, any murals a... or anything just gotta pay, gotta pay homage gotta pay homage. I do. i'm gonna eat at whatever is available in blackshear i don't know what there is <laughs> i think um, it's always a crapshoot driving through the small towns sometimes there's a you get good stuff, sometimes you don't. You can always count on the Zaxby's and Metter right off the interstate. That's true. There's a there's a couple of like 
kind of comfort food restaurants from around there. There's a couple of Waycross. I can't remember the name. Oh, you'll need to give me those because those are the yeah, kind of places I want to stop. Did, did y'all sure. see in the press conference stuff where uh, Stetson shouted out Blackshear and the area code? Would you say nine one two, Justin? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and Kirby kind of like chuckled and shook his head because Kirby's like one area code over or something. Two two seven. Yeah, Jerry. So that's like the yeah, Jerry that's the Jays. area code rivalry there. If you go to Blackshear, see if they have a Jerry J's. This place are all, those places are awesome. There is one in Blackshear. <laughs> then you gotta go to Jerry J's and you will see like you will see a giant mural of Stetson Bennett's face in there. I guarantee you. They bring my pancakes out and they've done pancake art with his face on it. It's he's the best quarterback. He said it himself after the game. You know, we, his mama comes in here every Thursday morning with her girlfriends. She might. <laughs> she might. <laughs> Did uh did y'all see that some people I don't know if it's really caught on like overall yet, but have been starting to call the, the Keely Ringo interception the, the chip six. The chip six? Yeah. Why? I don't get it. Because chip is short for a championship. Ah. Uh, oh. I thought it was the chip on Bryce Young's shoulder being taken <laughs> off. No, that would that you would be chip. Back? That would be all caps. That would be chip. Six. <laughs> what do they call oh, it? Yeah. Ship ship six. Because then you go I, into the ship, you know? I know, but people shortened or over time people have changed that to chip. And I don't I don't know why or how. It's always bothered me because it should be ship. It's the same number of letters and it's anyway. That's weird. Oh my gosh. I man, that's the most exciting play I think I've ever watched in Georgia football history and before that i was gonna say oh man i thought when i watched that touchdown pass to ad mitchell i thought oh man this is the best georgia football play i've ever seen and what then what happens later in the game they get that pick six kirby's yelling at him to go down i was like Mm -hmm. go down go down and And keely's like every coach everywhere like i think in the coach's film room all the coaches are yelling go down and like i've heard people like you know media people that were covering the game and they're like, yeah, I was watching it <clears throat> at the hotel with a bunch of other coaches because I think it's there's like a coaches convention the same time in Indianapolis, right? So you have just a uh-huh. lot of coaches there, like high school and college. And he's like, yeah, every single coach in like the whole bar is just yelling, get down, get down, get down. And then, of course, you know, it's like, never mind. No, no, go, go, run. No, 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 get down, get down. No, no, run, run. Like back and forth. Nobody can make up their mind. Um, <laughs> people um, people ask Keely Ringo, what, because Kirby Smart just grabbed – his face mask and just talk to him after that play. People ask Keela Ringo, what did he say? And according to Keela, Kirby said, I f-ing love that. <laughs> over yeah, and over I, again. <laughs> I think you, I think I saw a replay of him and you could read the lips and it was, yeah, it was pretty much that. So, Oh my did, gosh. Did y'all see this random old interview that popped up from like high school all-star games where they were interviewing Lewis scene and Nicobe Dean. Mm-mm. It was pretty good because they were talking about like why they're going to Georgia and whatnot. And they're like, yeah, Kirby's building the team to beat Bama. That's what we're going there to do. And that's what we're going to do is beat Bama and win a national championship. This is like four oh. years ago in high school or whatever. Some Love guys it. want to play for the best and others want to beat the shit out of the best. <laughs> I'm glad we get those guys. 
I'm one of those guys. Yeah. <laughs> Do we have something to unite us, even though we felt pretty united most of the time? I've got to say, this has been violent agreement for like almost an hour. Do we have a take of disunity? I'm just kidding. <laughs> troubling times when the bonds we all share are threatened to be torn asunder by the quick takes, the hot takes, the medium rare takes, and the takes that are doomed to be deleted on Twitter tomorrow. We need a sports take to bring us back together. Now more than ever, these are the takes that unite us. Okay. This is a, a, double, a takes that unites us double feature. We're going to give uh, a perspective of two different uh, fans on both sides of the national championship on what you, the fan, should treat the aftermath of this game. So I'm going to start with Chris. This is at Vern Funquist. He's an Alabama fan on Twitter. Chris says, I'm a Bama fan always, but UGA fans do not, in all caps, let Bama fans shit on this and blame this on the injuries. It sucks we lost four to six starters, and I think we may have had a better chance to win with JMO. But I didn't give a single shit when Colt went down in 09, and I still don't celebrate. <laughs> keeping it real so i like to hear yeah i mean a lot of band fans maybe were ignorant of the uh the injury situation at georgia how many guys we were missing but they're also ignorant of their own history and the first national championship bama one came at the expense of colt mccoy's what did he break like his shoulder or something i don't know yeah, it was tore something in his shoulder oh and and don't forget the people after the game that said, oh, well, the SEC championship game is the one that really mattered. And we clearly won that. You know, it's not right to have a rematch. Yeah, it'd be a real shame if Alabama ever won a national title by having a rematch and getting a second chance. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, Alabama still leads Georgia with national titles that came without conference championships. So suck it. Yep. Uh, and here's our Georgia fan perspective. This is from Ella Duncan. I think she sh shows up on the Paul Feinbaum show a lot. She you says, gonna, "You gonna play the audio?" Yeah, let's play the audio. Let's see. If I can start a stream. Because I keep getting tweets from people that are saying things like, "Act like you've been there before," and "Show some grace," and like, "Stand out above the rest," and like, "Take this humbly." And I would just like to say, shut up, <laughs> shut <laughs> the hell up. I haven't been here before. I've never seen the Georgia Bulldogs win a national championship. And as such, it is troll tied for as long as I want. Let me have this. This idea that we're supposed to be graceful losers or graceful winners is such a joke, Paul. I'm not a little kid. Save that for your children while they're learning and while they're being reared up. I'm a grown woman. I'm talking all the mess. I want all the smoke. Let's go. Don't let Bulldog fans, these stupid crimson folks, tell you that you should feel some kind of way because you finally beat them. Don't let them remind you how many times they beat us. I don't want to hear about any of that today because the truth of the matter is we finally ascended Mount Saban and we are national champions. So talk your mess, Georgia. Go up to a Tide fan. Go up to any Alabama fan you know and say anything that you want. Be petty. Embrace it. We don't know if it'll be another 40 years. Oh, don't take this humbly. Don't so act much. like you've been there before. Talk your mess. I love it so much. Yeah, so my in-laws live in Huntsville, Alabama. Next time I go there, I'm I'm flexing the G. I'm flexing it hard. And you should. If I got Georgia underwear on, which I don't own yet, I'm gonna find a reason to come down. Like, oops, sorry. Gift ideas for Justin. 
Yeah, I need some Georgia underwear. Gift ideas for Scott. Oh, I still need to get my championship swag. Probably order that today. Oh, um, you yeah, should I know doing that. that uh, I think the Georgia stuff on Fanatics has sold more than any like other national championship stuff after anybody else won one. Oh, Fanatics. I can't imagine why. Yeah. I know, right? I can't imagine why. 41 years but, is a lot of time to like, save up Clemson, that money. Clemson had gone like 30, 35 years or something too, right? They had been so. a while, yeah. Well, yeah. I think it's kind of weird. I think it was um, – who was I listening to talk about? Oh, no, Josh Pate was talking about this on his show. I caught a little bit last night. He said Georgia Georgia has always had the fan base and sort of a lot of the, you know, the pride of a lot of major college football programs, but they were kind of a tier below Bama and Ohio State and a couple other big hitters for a long time, mostly because they didn't have like the the commitment to excellence wasn't quite on par with the desire for the excellence. But now all those things have come together. Yeah, I mean, you it's, look at the program has been very good and very stable and consistent over the last like five years with Kirby there. And now you can say that and people can't be dumb about it. Cause you have a national title. People are like, Oh, but blah, blah, blah. And it's like, Nope, not anymore. Now everybody has to admit the program has been really good and really stable and consistent and will probably stay that way for the foreseeable future. Yeah. And a big part of that, like you said, is, the actual desire by the administration and athletic department to spend money and win. Yeah, I don't know if they could possibly write more, Kirby Smart more blank checks now, but uh, oh, he gonna get a big new uh, contract. What's oh, gonna yeah. happen, right? Oh yeah, is his because his contract is up soon, either like this off season or next off season. I think. Yeah, I'm pretty sure, and I'm pretty sure he and his agent were waiting to cash in. Yeah, I think he breaks 12. Ooh, I don't know. That would be tough. Because how much does Nick make? Nick's probably about 10 or 11. 10 or 11. I think Nick's, I thought Nick was at like 9. No, I thought he was at, at 10. Well, at 9 officially, and then like, you know. Aflac money. All the other, but also too, he has like a lot of other stuff where like the boosters like pay for his house and stuff like that. And that's not like official contract, like salary type money. So he's got like mm-hmm. a lot of that other kind of stuff in there too. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I expect Kirby will be will be up there, you know, with uh, other coaches in the conference like Brian Kelly and and Saban and yeah. you know uh, Jimbo Fisher and those guys. Instead of this year, where I'm pretty sure his base salary was lower than Dan Mullins. Yeah. How how'd Mullen do this year, by the way? Uh, you know, he made it to the SEC championship and he made it to the Natty this year. We're going to forget the fact that for him, forget the fact that he did it with College Game Day and not yeah as an analyst. <laughs> Whoops. Uh, yeah, I guess he's looking for a job. Uh, is there any chance in hell? Do you think Kirby would let him be like an offensive analyst? No, no. no. I don't think so. I'm pretty sure, as a lot of coaches who've made veiled comments about Dan Mullen in the past, I'm pretty sure Kirby Smart does not like that man. I don't think Urban Meyer even said in his book that he didn't like Dan Mullen. And uh, if Urban Meyer doesn't like you, oh boy. 
I'm not saying Dan Mullen's a bad person. He just might have no interpersonal skills. Right. Well, I gotta, I gotta run, y'all. Well, this was was good. Sorry, Zach. I'm not sorry. You made it to the end, Zach. You found the hidden podcast episode, and your prize is. We're sorry. Your prize is the knowledge that if. Collins has his best year ever at Georgia Tech this coming year. He might not have as many wins in his career as Georgia had this year. Hey, row, rah, rah. Roasted. Boom. Boom. <laughs>